Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. This is Jay Bliss, and I am joined today by another comedian who um, by far is, is arguably probably one of the best storytellers in the game right now. Um, I worked with this brother one time before early on in my comedy career. He probably don't even remember it, but we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Um, right out of Houston, man, uh, Marcus D. Wiley. Welcome to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. What up? What up, Jay? Bless you. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm blessed, man. Um, I'll, let me, let me jump right in, man. Um, for those that don't know who Marcus D. Wiley is, uh, I will tell you that uh, I don't like the, the the title of Christian comedian, but you know they they throw it on people, and 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 the only thing that I'm gonna tell you is, um, comedians comedian is what I like to say, uh, just based off. Uh, and, and everybody can't tell stories. Everybody can't be a storytelling comedian. It's the type of comedy that allows people to, be, you can't go into our urban setting and be a storyteller if they don't know who you are. <laughs> right, right. But, but, but if you have a fan base and, and, and you have a huge fan base, you have a fan base um, you can tell any story you want to tell, and they will ride with you because they know it's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to tell you where we, we met the first time, uh, and the only time actually in person. Uh, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I'm based at. Uh, I think it was CIAA Week or something, but there was this comedy show they did at this hotel in this little um, conference room, and the, the desk, with the, the tables was all around the room. Yeah, yeah. And I, I closed my bit doing uh if it isn't love from new edition yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i remember yeah, yeah. yeah that thing down too all right right and it was funny because you was like man you know every move and i started laughing because yeah. um yeah so in high school uh me and a, another group of guys that i went to high school with we had a group and we would we would go to do talent shows and we would learn routines and make up our own. And if it is, if it is a level is like one of the first ones we learned. Gotcha. So we gotcha. learned it like to the T and we would go to talent shows and tear down. Like <laughs> yeah, you kill you when you in the with it, you kill. I said, hey, is he in the group? I like this. Is that Bobby or Ricky? Mike? Bobby? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so let me let me ask you, man, how long you been in the game? I started September the 20th, uh, 2002. Okay. My first show where I got, I got paid. I, I only did one show before that outside of Houston in a place called uh, Colleen, Texas. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I went to go see my little, my little manager at the time said, well, let's go there to see first. You know, people going to feel you. Right. And so we went to Colleen first. I think I got paid about two hundred and fifty dollars on my on my first time. Got paid on your first time. First time, watch this. Got paid two fifty. I was on stage. I felt good. You know, mm -hmm. we did it like at a Chinese restaurant in Colleen, but they had like a little ballroom. Right. But it was a Chinese restaurant, you know. And so we did it, and then I, I went ahead and, and accepted the date in Houston for September the twentieth, two thousand two, mm -hmm. at the coffee shop called Muddy Waters. Got paid five hundred that night, my second time. And never look back. And that's how I knew comedy was for me. Because I hear other comedians, how they would perform for sex, drinks. Yeah. Drugs, what the all that. And I, <laughs> I was getting paid right off rip. So I was like, oh, yeah, this, this is me. Off the rip. 
Oh, no, that's that's that I've never heard anything like that before. So there was never, so there was never a, a open mic story or first time jumping on stage or. I've never done an open mic. I, mm. Matter of fact, Bliss, I don't even understand open mics. I'm, wow! And don't get me wrong. I've come to understand guys want to work their material out. Yeah, yeah. But my problem with open mic is you're doing it in front of other comics. Right. You know um, what I'm saying? Right, everybody's right. Everybody's not your companion. Everybody's not trying to iron sharpen iron. They're not all trying to help you. You know, they're in there like, man, that's that's a good angle. Yeah, I see. I see your point. I see your point. I uh, I look at it differently because um, I do come from the concept of iron does sharper iron, and uh, the one thing about it is uh, there's no honor amongst thieves. However, uh, comedy checks itself. No doubt. Comedy checks itself. And I, I was like that in the beginning. I was like, man, I ain't going to try my stuff in front of other comedians. I don't want them taking my stuff. Yeah. But after a while, once you get labeled as, uh, oh, Bliss is, oh, his pen is nice. Yeah. That man a beast. You know, sure. people will be like, hey, I know this is going to be good. So yeah. then what happens is when you go to open mic and you try it out a new bit, nobody, everybody knows a new bit because they never heard you do it before. Then you get the comedians that come up and go, how about this? And then, and then you're like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so now For me, it, it was different because I think because I took off kind of quick. Yeah. What ended up happening was I would do little specials or projects or whatnot, recordings at different mm. churches. Yeah. And that would be my open mic. Like, yeah. I would, these be new jokes to me I've never done before. But like you said, because they were already feeling me, they allowed me to work it you know, out. Kind of do jokes that really wasn't all the way hidden yet, but at the same time, you know, they knew it had potential. Right. You know yeah. Right. That that's so. I mean, I I can't even imagine. I couldn't imagine just starting and getting paid. I mean, I, now now that I'm in it for 15 <laughs> years, I couldn't imagine doing it. But it's kind of like um, I was talking to another guest on the podcast, and he was telling me that he was good at cracking on people and he was just going out there for a half hour and just going wow. and didn't have, and I go, I go, dude, when you go away and look back at that now, ain't that scary? He go, yeah. He's like, he's like, cause I didn't, he's like, I didn't know what I didn't know. I'm like, yo, you tell me to go do a half hour and just like with no, nothing prepared. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I could imagine. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I, I talked to, I, I do this other uh, show called Comedians Chopping It Up. And, and one episode, I had all uh, comedians that basically do churches. Okay. And we, we had a conversation and I was going, you know, one thing I always enjoyed about church was when you go and you have a pastor that can tell a funny story. Right. But then when you have a pastor that can tell a funny story, it's usually about one or two uh, sermons. Yeah. yeah. But then <laughs> when, I look at, when I look at your clips and I look at like your material, your whole, it's like your whole set, you have the cadence, you got the 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 the, the pauses. Yeah, the, the, it's funny because they feel like they're at church. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you know the the yeah. the rhythm the rhythm is the same, and then people you can hear the hallelujahs and the yeah yeah. <laughs> ended up talking about tell it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like that, yeah. Yeah. and it's just a different energy. It's different energy than it would be at a comedy club, and I think it it lends more mm. to. The, the comedian mm -hmm. um and i've done churches before 
But you know, when I do a church versus when you doing a church, I'm doing a church, and in my mind, I'm whole time, I'm going, don't cuss, don't cuss, don't cuss, don't cuss. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then me too. Me too. But, <laughs> but it's funny because even when I do churches, I still push that envelope. Like I push it to the point where I go, look, yeah, y'all. And I sometimes I get into church itself. And yeah. I'm growing up a preacher's kid and you know, things like that. You know what I mean? And one of the things I thought was funny one time was they brought me to the, uh, it was a singles ministry. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Couples ministry. Okay. Brought me to do comedy. And I said, so let me get this straight. We here on a Saturday night at the couples ministry and you brought a divorced comedian <laughs> to entertain y'all. And, and they started busting out laughing, right? So, so I said, and this is why I ain't married. I was like, cause wives come up with the dumbest ideas on the face of the earth. Y'all here on a Saturday night, pastor here, he only want to be here. Y'all gotta be here first thing in the morning. So y'all gonna be here all night and y'all gonna be here first thing in the morning. Let's <laughs> y'all. Yeah. And I mean they 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 when they went into it, they just they just opened up and it was just left and right. And I just talk about some, you know, inappropriate stuff. It didn't matter at that point. They were just like, go ahead, tell it. You know what I mean? So this is what it is for me. Like you, I guess. I'm a preacher's kid, grandkid, mm -hmm. and a great grandkid, right? So I'm for like four generations. So I can't act like I don't know nothing about church. I'm right. I'm church. I mean, I grew up in church. This is what it is. Right. However, though, I thought my, my, my dad and my mom did a fantastic job by letting me have balance. Yeah. So I'm not, because I know a lot about church, I'm not churched out. Oh, yeah. So I do the clubs as well. And when yeah. I do the club, it's a whole, I ain't gonna say it's a whole nother set, but it's a whole nother approach. Right. When I do the, when I do the clubs. Right. Uh, because I like doing the clubs because everybody that's in the club go to church. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, it's, not, it's not like, oh, this is a tough audience. No, it's the same audience. They just had a club. Right, you right. Know? So now, but what happens when I'm at the church, the reason why my cadence and I might have message and all that is because uh, this pastor told me a long time ago, his name is Dr. Tone Evans in Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, big church. Mm -hmm. And they have me there doing like four days, like, they do the thing called Vacation Bible School. You remember Vacation Bible? Yeah. School? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They have it for the adults, but what they have is a preacher, a singer, and a comedian every night. Okay. Okay. So I was doing every night. So it starts Sunday to Wednesday. So that's four nights, and I do a different set every night. Woo! But it's only fifteen minutes, but it's still a different set every yeah. night. Yeah. 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 And what ends up happening is Dr. Evans comes, sits by me one night in the green room, and he said, "Hey, man, when I preach, I use humor." so the people can receive it better. Mm -hmm. And he was like, when you do comedy, you ought to insert some message, some Bible. And then he just got up and left. And it made me think like, hmm, maybe he's saying if I don't, cause I was just wilding at the time. At the oh, church, yeah. just wilding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he got me thinking, well, if I'm gonna be doing it in the church, it may be profitable and it may, you know, be best for me to let them know, I do know Bible. I know Bible, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even right. though I'm joking, I should I should let insert, let them know, hey. And so my writing started going that way and that's how I started doing, you know, I got shows just for singles, just for marriage, just for men, just for women, just for pastors, just for first ladies. I mean, I got 45 to hour sets 
on whatever in the church, I could just talk to that, just praise team, just quiet, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, and, and, and that's what I started doing, you know, so. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, I mean, you think about it, um, and then like just me doing normal clubs, um, I have messages that I gotta bring. The majority of the audiences that I perform in front of are white people. Okay, okay. So when I walk on stage, you know, I got I got three minutes to to disarm them, um, and then let them know. Okay, I can I can relate to this guy. This guy is relatable because of what the first thing he just said. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then, obviously, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty. I don't get on stage and not be black. Sure. I don't get on stage and not hide. You know the the issues that we dealing with. No and I I got a couple of jokes that I do right now that are so uncomfortable. But the, but the punchline is so worth it. I do them. You do. And when I tell you, it's get, it get quiet as hell for about two minutes. <laughs> I'm not lying. I like quiet. Oh, yeah. Because I can see the confusion. And where's he going with this? And um, I don't think this is a good joke. Yeah. And then when that punchline hit, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Then I can just sit back and take a sip of water and go, yeah. <laughs> I'll think on that one for a minute. You know what I mean? So... Those yeah. are those are great moments, um, you know, um, and I had balance as well. Uh, being a preacher's kid, my mother, my mother got saved. I think I was about five or six years old. I remember her running out the house, running down the street like her clothes was on fire, just running. And my sister, who brought her to the Lord, you know, they was all in the church, and yeah. my mom got ordained as a minister. I was like twelve or twelve, so we went from from six. Six years and she was an ordained minister. And I'm like, this is so unfair. Like, you know what I mean? And, but my mom was my mom was not overbearing with the word. She was at times when yeah. she felt like I was getting beside myself. Sure. But but it was more or less like, you know, I listen to NWA and EPMD and all that stuff. She just like put them headphones on, boy. Don't disrespect yeah. my house like that. You know what I mean? So it was like one of the, it was like one of those things. But I yeah. think one of the worst whoopers I ever got in my life, man. My mom was yelling and fussing at me, man. She said, "You gonna stop making the you gonna stop letting the devil use you." Looking at my <laughs> looking at my twin sister like she just called me the devil. You know what I'm saying? And so she so so I'm like I'm like why is she tripping? I'm like mom, it wasn't me. I, I, I it was I wasn't there. She's like I don't care what you said this and that and the, and the Lord said this and she's quoting scripture yeah. and you gonna stop letting the devil use you. And I was like ma, I'm telling you. She's like the devil is a liar. <laughs> and, I, and I said, you know what? He sure is. And she knocked the ever left. <laughs> I mean, she came with a right, and the left was coming right as my head was coming from down from the left. And she hit me with a two-piece so fast, man. My sister was like, yo, you wild. And I was like, mom, I'm getting on my nerves, man. Like, like, like <laughs> so it's just like one of those, one of those things, man. But uh, you know, is it's good. I uh, I think I caught uh, Ali Siddiq was doing his um, his COVID room. Like he's doing the first when they first start off, and yeah, he was doing yeah. that room. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, and you jumped on and, and <laughs> told that story about the the bus driver or something, man. And, I, and man, without listen, man, when I tell you I logged off because I was laughing so hard, man, I was like, I was like, man, this dude is dumb as hell. Like I just couldn't, like you know what I mean. I'm going. You know, but I, I appreciate Houston. Like Houston is a is a hotbed to me. Uh, a lot of people are finding out about it though. But you guys have some certified bull beasts. 
Oh, no doubt. Out of Houston. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, and I, I talked to, I worked with Ali a couple of times. I had him on the podcast as well. Um, but like, you know, a Dave Lawson and yourself and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ali, you know, so many other people, Thea, like, you know, when she first, you know, was one of the, one of the first, but I, uh, I say that iron does sharpen iron and, you know, you guys being around one another or watching each other and things like that. I just feel like people are really starting to figure out, you know, Houston is one of them spots. Yes, sir. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how 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 has has COVID shut you down or are you just still out there, you know, doing your thing? It didn't shut me down, but it slowed me down. Yeah. You know, uh it slowed down, you know, the money that I'm I like to make that I'm used oh, yeah. to making. Uh yeah. now that things are virtual, it's like uh they it's like they want to pay you less. Oh yeah. But like, you know, you you know, you just logging on or, 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 you know, I'm doing a video and then sending it to them. Yeah. Really, it's more work on my end now. Absolutely. And less work on, on their end. You know, once upon a time, you was flying me in, you was putting me up in hotels, mm-hmm. you was giving me per diem and my fee. <sighs> now, you done took these three out yeah. and then my fee. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. it didn't shut me down, but it, it slowed me down. And, um, you know, this virtual thing, man, I mean, you know, some cats, you know, like I was telling some of the fellas, I was saying, I'm used to a crowd. Absolutely. I mean, and this ain't this ain't no cap or this ain't me being braggadocious. I'm just saying I do a lot of rooms, especially churches, mm-hmm. big churches, medium churches, whatever. I'm used to people. Mm-hmm. So for so for the comics who who kind of came up on the social media tip who used to doing it like this, they at home. Absolutely. No, they ain't used to no crowd, so they good with it. Yeah. But for me, man, I'm getting better. But man, I struggled in the beginning just being in this room by myself talking to a the computer or phone. You know, I was I was struggling. Yeah, and it, it's you know, but you being on the radio, I think um, I think it lends a, a ear to being able to tell a joke and not hearing that automatic response. True. Because on the radio, you got people. You do have people, right? You do have people. So, so here's the, here was the thing. Um, and I never did a a virtual show yet. I'm supposed to do one. Somebody called me, asked me to do one. And I kept saying, nah, I don't want, no, no. Cause I need, I need that energy. Like that energy is what keeps me going. This past Friday, this past Friday, I did a show, uh, outside. It was at a, a, in a, they had people filled up in the parking lot and they, I was on a dock. They had a microphone with a stand. I'm like, this is crazy. I was like, white people, y'all do anything. I yeah. said, anything y'all can bring y'all dog to, y'all gonna do. Like, y'all, like, y'all, like, like, and it was packed. It was packed. Yeah. And, I, and and when I get there and I'm like, yo, y'all packed this out. Like, I was like, what y'all charging? They're like, oh, it's free. I was like, oh, it's free. They're like, yeah, the, but they get the money from the bar because it's a brewery. I'm like, I get it. So I get out on stage and I was like, so I realized y'all just got in for free. And I was like, and I'm still trying to figure out how I'm getting paid, you know, and everybody, you know, laughing or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. the, the I was the first time I felt comfortable because I did some shows in June, but it was in a club and they wasn't COVID reliant or nothing. I was like, I'm not doing no more club. <laughs> I mean, I'm standing on stage. It's people laughing at me, laughing in my direction. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is dumb as hell. Like, like, <laughs> like. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know 
that that not having that audience is is huge. I try to explain to people that don't do comedy the the energy that you feel from performing in front of that many people and having control of their emotions. Like getting off stage, like when I left stage on Friday night, I didn't go to bed till three in the morning just because I got that high again. Like that, that energy came in and I was like, man, I had to find a way to calm down. I had to smoke a cigar like one in the morning to try to calm myself down. Like I I couldn't, I couldn't come down. You know what I mean? So I I miss it. I I real, I'm really hoping that this thing can open back up at least by next spring um, where I feel like we might be able to hit the stages, but I don't know about this, this, uh, this vaccine or whatever. Yeah. So I've done all types of outdoor events Mm-hmm. Drive in comedy shows where they in their cars and they flash their lights, blow their horns while you I mean, it still does not, mm-hmm. you know, still doesn't meet the energy and the same type of intimacy that you get in a room. Absolutely. You know, that feedback from the, I like to look at people's faces, you know, because this let me know was that offensive? <laughs> do I need to stay here? Do I need to explain it better? You know, do I need to get out? I mean, you know, it's just so much to where I don't get whether I'm doing it on the computer or, you know, at a drive-in. So, yeah, you know. I, um, one thing that I've learned over the years, as far as comedy, um, you can't please everybody. Um, but you know, in, in a venue that you're used to doing in a church, you can't, you can't, you can't tick too many people off because <laughs> you get to... <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time. One, because I'm talking about, I talk about everything that affects me or everything, you know, things that I like. Right. You know, for years I had this gay joke that I was just, I was so scared to do it at the church. You know, oh. but but it needed to be heard at the church because this way it needed to be heard, right? Yeah. And so finally, I pulled it out. The whole joke is it's not even about being gay; it's about me being straight. But because okay. I'm talking about me being straight, I have to reference gay, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I did it at this church, man. And when I got off stage, man, the man, one of the assistant pastors, came up to me, said, "Bro, you got to go back up and." Apologize. I said, apologize for what? For jokes? No. <laughs> Some people, they said you was a little offensive. I said, I'm being offensive because I'm straight. Right. And I was like, wow. Like, I'm straight and I'm being offensive. Like, when right. is being straight is being offensive. I, right. I ain't said nothing bad about gay. I just, like I said, I just referenced it. Like, I was saying how all the things that they have, whether it's clothing, you mm. know, they got, I go to H&M, they got a clothing section. Right. They got a parade. They got a flag. They And I'm like, the straight guy has nothing. Right. Right. I mean, we have nothing. You know, I'm just going with all my little thing. I'm promising. I'm not talking bad about them. I'm talking about me. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And man, they, boy, they was like, yo, you got to go up. I said, well, I ain't going to be able to do it. You know, right. I, I ain't gonna be able to do it. So it might be my last time. That's the thing about church too. You know, this, this, this could be, as they say, this could be my last time. So it this, could be, yeah. Literally could be your last time. Right. 
And so, uh, yeah, but you know, it's like, it's like knowing the room. And then I had my, I'm straight merchandise I was selling, right? My hat, my shirt. So it sold out at the church. I mean, cause the people love the joke. Yeah. But it's just some people in power that feel like, uh, like they- But see, but that's them riding that fence that they not supposed to be riding anyway. To, yeah. to me, to me, and 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 I do this, and I I forgot this joke, but I'm supposed to do it Friday night. But I've started going on stage. This is my new intro. Mm. I get I introduce myself. I tell people I'm gonna stand up here and do a little bit of jokes for a little bit of time. Mm. And I say, uh, if I tell a particular joke that's not your particular cup of a coffee, don't drink it. It ain't for you. It ain't for you. That's for everybody else that's currently enjoying that cup of coffee. I say, but don't be the asshole in the coffee shop yeah. complaining about everybody else's order of coffee. Yeah. Wait for your order to come to you and drink it when it get there. That's good. I said, now, for everybody else in here that's saying, isn't it called a cup of tea? Get the hell out. Because that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so like that, like that whole part of it could have been that whole gay thing. Because once you get to the gay thing, like, I don't like that. Well, that ain't your cup of tea. I ain't cut your cup of coffee. Stop drinking that. Right. That ain't your flavor. And you know they, what I'm saying? And, right. and people don't get that. But my thing is, in church, as soon as you say gay, it's tight. You see what I'm saying? If you listening, we I'm is nobody's. I first of all, I grew up in church. You yeah, gay people I know. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. Like, like it's like I'm not. I got friends, people that sing all this. Dog, I don't care. That's just your world. It ain't mine. Exactly. Like, that you not, I don't see it's not affecting my life. Right. Right. So, I, I got I got a joke. I got a joke on my album. <laughs> and I talk about me finding out my friend was gay. Uh-huh. And we go into this whole thing and we trying to find out where he is. And we find out he married. I'm like, hey, do we know his wife? He like, nah, it's a dude. We like, what? <laughs> and then and then I go, uh, I go, man, why you ain't tell us? And he like, man, so instead of telling us. He felt like we was going to judge him. So he just got missing and we wasn't going to be friends no more. Gotcha. And I'm like, yo, that's messed up because just because you're going to hell don't mean we can't be <laughs> friends on earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so, <laughs> so now everybody laugh. And then I say, I like to thank all the Christians for laughing at that joke. Yeah. And now, now the joke has turned because now you don't know if you're joking, you laughing because it's gay. You don't know if you're laughing because you're Christian or you don't know you're laughing because you're just judging. So yep. then when I do the whole joke and then I, I go with that line, I say, let's just say God treated all sins like the NCAA basketball tournament. And every sin had their own basketball team. And if your team win the tournament, if you do that sin the most, you still get to go to heaven. So I'm going to pick a sin. I do a lot because ain't nobody here perfect. And everybody be like, amen. Uh, and I go, all right, so like masturbation. I say, if <laughs> masturbation at a basketball game against homosexuality, I'm just saying I like my chances. <laughs> I was like, because masturbation play a zone defense, and I put my hand down by my crotch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and, and then homosexuality, you know, they play man to man. So I thought I got a better. And then, <laughs> so, so that whole, like, it's, it's uncomfortable as hell, right? Yeah. But people, people have to get over themselves at that joke because people will be like, you know what? I got a lot of mess with me if I feel offended by that joke. But you also, it's comedy. It's, it, it's, it's, let's, Let's talk about the, the, the instances within ourselves that we are uncomfortable about. Some people do have some things that they're comfortable about with gay people. 
I had a lady come out to me after the show and she goes, I, I don't like that joke. I didn't appreciate it. I thought it was horrible. And I think that you're prejudiced towards gay people. And I said, that wasn't a gay joke. She goes, it sure it was. I like, nah, that was a basketball joke. The gay, the gay, the gay couple behind me was guys, and they were like, "Hell yeah, it was a basketball joke, and we want two shirts." And I was like, <laughs> I, was like uh, "I was like, that's who that joke was for," you know what I mean? And it was like that whole, that whole mindset. Like we, we have to be able to tiptoe on the issues that people aren't prepared to talk about. Um, people don't want to talk about Trump. People don't want to talk about politics. Yeah. But if you can bring it out in a creative way, right. or a way where people think about it differently. Right. Yeah, um, I had, right. I had an analogy yesterday that I got to use on stage. Now, I, 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 it made sense to me over the phone and I go, wow, I never thought of it that way. So we talking about cops and how police brutality works and why people look at people this different way and, and how black people are treated unfairly. And people are like, nah, if you follow the rules or you follow the law, you won't get in trouble by the cops. I go, the difference is, is when a cop pull us over, they see it. When they pop cops pull a white person over, they see, uh, if it was a dog catcher, they see a golden retriever. No matter what that dog is doing, that's what they see, a golden retriever. Yeah. I said, the minute they pull up on us, they see pit bull. Pit bull. It don't, it, <laughs> that's all it is. I said, I could be licking a cat, but they be like, that's a goddamn pit bull, though. I'm, I'm a, uh, <laughs> I got to tread lightly and pull my gun out because you don't know this pit bull is going to go crazy. Exactly. I was like, and that's how they treat it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's 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 just how that's how stuff that's how stuff get broken down. Yep. Um, that's still I'm still amazed by by this beginning that you had mm-hmm. in 2002 with just not with the open mic, just go out there and start getting paid. So being that way or how that started, everything I, I guess happened through word of mouth. Word of mouth. So just word of mouth. So what it happened? The lady at the coffee shop, the owner, mm-hmm. her rule was because after I did the first show. She was like, it was a new development in Houston called Pearland. That's where the coffee shop was. Mm-hmm. And so after the first show, she was like, hey, the people really enjoyed you. And we want to do this once a month now. So this is how it started. And she said, we're going to do it once a month and I'm going to pay you $7.50. And so every third Friday, I had this show. Now, I'm not a comic. I don't know how to put no jokes together. But I have all these stories. Because that's all I was telling. I was just yeah. telling stuff that... My funny stuff, stuff that I thought was funny, you know? Right. And so because there was no cursing, no vulgarities, it was an outlet for churches. I didn't start in a church. Churches would use that night as an outing. So oh, singles okay. would buy the whole show. It'd be like 80 seats. They buy them all. Married couples buy them. So we went from one show to three shows. Wow. Churches in Houston was just buying at the whole show. And right. so after a couple of months of that, going strong, uh, a pastor come in, one of the fly ones, you know, the one that got to park up front and all that good stuff. He came in, he said, hey, young brother, I like what you're doing here, but I can't put my people in here, it's too little. Can you do this at my church? Mm. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what you charge? And I was like, uh, 750. I was nervous to tell. I was like, 750. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, that's all. <laughs> he said, man, I'm a bless. I'm a double that. Yeah. I said, okay. So yeah. I did it at his church. Same format that I was doing at the coffee shop. All his pastor friends there. Wow. Do my thing after the show. They was like, brother, you got a card. I had my cards, man. I'm like, yeah. They was like, man, we want to do this at my church. How much you charge? 
I was like 1500. Right. And so immediately, man, I just would, I would just clack, clack. I would just stat pad. And after that, you know, anytime I got a, an increase, that was my new, that was my new fee. That was your new fee. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. I, um, I mean, that's a straight blessing. Like that is, that is not a typical story, man. Like like, comedians don't, don't get it that way. And, and I will tell you this, a lot of people are chasing the fame and chasing the, the recognition and your stage time is what sharpens your, your skills. Yeah. I'll put you up against anybody. Uh, as as far as material and as far as timing and, and being able to get a joke across, naturally funny. It's not something that's pressed. It's not something that's you try. Right. You know I mean, it was just like just just who you are as a person. Right. So I feel like um, the stage time and just the the constant work is what's going to sharpen you more than anything else. You can't beat that stage time. Mm-hmm. And when we first started back traveling after in the pandemic, I must have tanked and slaughtered about six, seven shows. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I made it through the shows. Oh, yeah. You know how we know. Yeah. Man, I'm off. My timing is terrible. I I can't even remember. Like, like I remember the joke. Right. Remember the joke. I'm like, oh, I messed that up. I got to go. One time it got so bad. I was at Dallas Improv. I said the joke twice. (laughs) <laughs> and the people, people, people look at me. I said, "Hey, did I say this already?" They was like, "Yeah." I said, "Man, y'all, y'all, hey, <laughs> said, this comment don't happen on Zoom." I mean, you know, <laughs> so, that is funny. Yeah, because everything was just thrown off. So that's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it's strange. Uh, you know, one of my one of my mentors, um, rest in peace. He passed away. Um. I remember one time he was on stage and uh, was telling a joke and, and did did a tagline. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, he didn't do, he didn't do that joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> he stopped in the middle after he did it and go, ladies and gentlemen, what I just did was called a tag and uh, you guys didn't get it because it was supposed to be a callback. And a callback is when you make reference to the first joke and then later on in the show you do it and y'all didn't respond. So it kind of reminded me that I didn't do that joke. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go back and tell this joke so he went back and told the joke and then went back and told the joke again. <laughs> the crowd was laughing. And he got off stage. He got off stage. I'm like, what are you doing, man? I was like, yo. I was like, what if that just worked worse? He goes, dude, I don't care about them, man. I had a good time up there. And I was like. <laughs> and that's what's most important that most comics, I can say most comics, mm-hmm. but once you realize, man, I am on this stage. This is what I love about comedy. None of these people came here together. I mean, you know, of course, right. tables come together, whatever. But right. for the most part, we don't know each other. Right. But for this hour that I'm on stage, mm-hmm. it's my job now to take all these people that don't know, we don't know each other, and put us on the same page. On the put same us in page. the same car. We for to take this ride, you know, together. Mm-hmm. And while I'm up there, I don't want to feel like I'm up here out of obligation, although I've been contracted. I don't want yeah. to feel like I'm up here out of obligation. Oh, man, I hate I got to do this. I just want to get up here and take you on this ride. You said earlier you do a lot of white rooms, right? Yeah. So I used to be petrified in the beginning. Really? Yes, because I'm blacked out. Every, listen, every school I went to, all black. Mm. I worked at Radio 1 BET, all black. Mm. I just didn't... 
white folk. I didn't grow up around them. I don't, I don't know them. Only people, only white person come in my house is somebody that's working. I mean, he fixing something or she fixing something. Like, I don't know him, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know him where we partners are cool. Right. So I was in, I was so nervous to do white rooms. Mm -hmm. So what happened one day was, I did this thing called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You ever heard of FCA? Nah. Okay, well, it's this, it's real big. It's called FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And they had this big um, ball and it's all white. I mean, it's white out up in this piece. Right. Couple of sprinkles of black people in there because they some athletes as well and they Christian. Right, right. So I'm in the restroom, nervous, and the dude coming and he said, say, man, I'm so looking forward to see how you do in front of these white folk. Wow. See what he said. He said, I, I done seen you a bunch of times. You funny. But I want to see how you gonna do in front of these white folk. Yeah. And it's almost like I needed him to say that because mm -hmm. I was like, if I can live in a white world, yeah, surely they could come in my world for 45 minutes. Absolutely. Because at first, because I'm thinking I got to change. I'm, you know, like they're not going to oh. understand my slang and my jargon and oh. all this type of stuff. So yeah. that, that's what I'd be nervous about. Like, is they going to get this? Right. But once he said that, oh, man. I got on the rack. Yeah. I did me. And I even said what I just told you. Y'all come in my world. Not, not, yeah. not. You finna come to my world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I feel like, I'm, Marcus, I feel like uh, I started, I'm, I'm from the Northeast originally. I'm from Jersey originally, but I started comedy in the South. Okay. And when I tell you the South, white people in the South will sharpen you better than any other area of the country. I've seen comedians come from all over and bomb in the South. Yeah, yeah. But them comedians from the South, mm -hmm. they go anywhere in the country and they knock it out the park because the judgment, the racism, and everything else that you need is in that audience. In that audience. And when you're standing there in front of them and you're working out your material, you're telling your life and you're telling your truth, Yeah. they're either going to laugh. And yeah. I've seen people sit through my whole set with their arms folded. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I go... Sir, I ain't worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's some that's some deep down stuff you gotta deal with. You know what I'm saying? Cause these people know I'm funny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I ain't gonna let no one bad apple spoil this whole thing. Right, right. So when you when you got when you got up there, I guess it's like uh and it, you know, you sometimes you do question it, you know what I mean? I was I was mine was the opposite because I started in the mainstream room and my workout room was the urban room. Urban room, I got and you. and when I tell you <laughs> that wasn't no room to be playing in. <laughs> the thing about the urban room is this: this is what I noticed. Like they want it like this all the time. You know, I'm gonna lay back. I'm gonna take you on a little ride, and you know, you go to urban room second show. Oh, well, they, well, they done got full of that that Hennessy. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Done them blew a few. Hey, man, get to the punchline. Get to the punchline. <laughs> and so, I still don't be like, hey, I, I've learned over the years how to say, hey, just because you inebriated. <laughs> just because you don't like going home. You don't like your house. Right. People who like their house was at the first show. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. You trying your best. You you want to know what's going on after this. Go home. 
you know? Right, right, right. I done learned how to play to them to where I still gonna go at my pace. Yeah. But in the urban room, you got to address them. It's like you got to, you got to let them know about them and let let them know, man, I ain't scared of y'all. And yes, and all this here, you know. Right. It's a it's an undressing almost. Um, you know, you can go up there and act like you don't recognize them, or yeah. you go up there and act like they don't matter, but they're gonna they're gonna let you know. Um, you know, um, I've so I've mentioned this, I've mentioned this a number of times on this podcast. Um, we used to play a game. Doing open mic, we go up in there, man. It'd be about six of us back there. Chris, funny man, come back there. Like, look, y'all, y'all got five, seven minutes, man. We go out here. We're gonna, we, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna bring you up. Boom, 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 boom. Ain't gonna be no jokes in between. Y'all go out there, do the time. We're gonna bring the headline up. We're gonna get up out of here. Cool. Chris will leave. Like, all right, y'all. Everybody got five dollars. Everybody put their five dollars in the pot. Like, yo. We're gonna piss them off for the first three and try to win them back on the last four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like whoever, whoever do the best, get the money. Everybody like, all right, cool. <laughs> Chris come back after the third one, like, hey man, y'all cut it out, man. Y'all stop cussing these people out. You know what I mean? Like we come out there. <laughs> we come out there and start talking bad. Like, man, there's some ugly women up in here tonight. You know, it's like just just wild and just, you know what I mean? This crowd, this crowd the same dumbass, like y'all gonna half clap me, man. Y'all know I'm funny, man. Forget y'all. <laughs> I have y'all got 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 uh, hourly jobs, you know, and <laughs> violent. Yeah, yeah. Crowd is quiet. They upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You making fun of the old lady up front. Talk about yeah. where your kids at. Why your kids ain't bring y'all? Just people at all, and then then try to win them on the last four minutes. Yeah. And 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 people will go, man, why are y'all doing that? Go do if you can make this crowd turn against you and get them back in four minutes. You do any crowd you want to do. Yes, sir. And um and we used to do it. We used to do it as an exercise, like challenge ourselves. Yeah, and um, sweet. I've been in I've been in situations, man, where I wasn't comfortable, but I would always go back to something like that to be like, these people like they ain't even halfway as bad as they are in, in the urban room in Charlotte. Right. So you know that was what that's what kept me going. Gotcha. Um, and I see you know when I look up your your information, you done wrote books. It's hard enough writing jokes. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You didn't wrote books, and I'm going, good Lord, man, this brother done did a whole lot. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, like it's, it's, it's wow. It's like somebody told me, man, leave your imprint. Like leave your imprint. Leave. Um, I like the content. I know when when COVID first broke out, you were one of one of the main comedians that constantly had content going up every day. I saw it. I was like, this dude got a vi- another video. It was every boom, 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 boom. And I'll tell you right now, if people didn't know who Marcus D. Wiley was before COVID, your videos was everywhere, man. I mean, even when I wasn't trying, yeah. Even when I tried to find him, I'm going, hey, got another. I, I was on YouTube one day and it was like, you, know, you might want to watch this. I'm like, I don't even follow Marcus on, on um, YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so it was like, so it was like, it was there. And then Facebook, Facebook just kept bringing them up. Facebook just kept bringing them up. Even if I was looking at another video, yeah. you know, you go up video with it and scroll up. Yeah. It was one of yours. And I go, man, this dude is putting hella content out. And my wife, my wife, right? My wife, I'm I'm not good at social media. Yeah. I wouldn't even follow me. You hear me? Mm. But <laughs> but my wife, she realized, mm-hmm. hey, bro, you gotta get, you gotta do this. And so she keeps me or tries to keep me as relevant as possible. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm I mean, just staying in the face, you know. I know I probably ain't gonna ever be the social media, you know, big time, all that, because 
when I look at it, I was trying to tell it to some other comedian partners. We don't have viral material. Watch this. I want to yeah. show you something. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead. This ain't no shade, <laughs> ain't no shade yeah. on us. Yeah. We just don't out. I'm not. I wish I could capture you in a minute or two. And I'm and and the guys that's able to do that, man, hats off. More power to you. Yeah. I can't do it, bro. I'm long, I'm longevity. I'm long-winded. I'm I'm creating a I write with a intro, a body, a conclusion, a callback, yeah, a fear off. I mean that don't go viral, you know? And so So I'm just trying to test some of my guys, you know, they, they try to jump on this social media thing. And I told them, I was like, hey man, nobody else may tell you, but you're looking corny, <laughs> very corny. <laughs> and, 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 and you ain't got to take it from me cause then, you know, I'm hating. But yeah. I'm just saying as your partner, right? It, it, it's not a good look for you. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a different, it's funny, man. If, if you learn a certain way, and then, then something gets reinvented. It's like a computer programmer. Like they, they constantly got to reinvent themselves. They constantly got to learn the new updates. Yeah. And if I learn how to write a joke in a process of premise, setup, punchline, callback, um, you know what I mean? Tag, tag, tag. It's, it's not. It's not. Let me get online for two minutes and say this crazy thing and put a video behind it like it's just there's been a number of things that i did mm-hmm. but after i put it up i go i hate that you know like, I mean, <laughs> like we all, jay we all had to try it because right i was just on the interview the other day and i was telling them on the interview i said when social media kind of came out i was already on the radio right yolanda was morning show national syndicated 58 markets mm-hmm. guys were showing me cats on social media and mm-hmm. I would look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's that's dope. But mm-hmm. I never thought I needed to do it because I was like, that's that lane. Right. And then the lane became the whole highway. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so during this pandemic, I've written two new projects. Right. That I ain't used yet. Right. Now I got my little COVID joke. I got all my little pandemic material that I'm doing now. But that's right. not that. I've written... A whole hour sick house stuck in my ways. Because nice. what happened is I realized why I missed the social media train. I realized why I'm not effective. I realized how the others come up. And now I get it. Right. You know, I, I got it now. And right. so the best way for me, you know, for us is when we express it through the pen and on stage. So right. I stuck in my ways. And then I did another marriage because I do a lot of couple stuff. Yeah. I did a marriage thing called recidivism. That's my new one for marriage. It's called recidivism. So I've written on both. I've, I got two hours locked and loaded. Now, right. my father right. tell me, you need to start, you need to put them on social media. And I'm going, yeah. I, it, my, I'm so stuck in my ways where I don't want to put it on social that's, media. That's not how we work. Because like I tell people all the time, like um, someone goes, man, you should put that joke online. And I go, but the joke ain't done yet. Yeah. And they'll go, what do you mean? I go, well, you like it, but a joke is never dead. Yeah. And there's jokes that I have on my album 
that I still do that are better than it was when it was on the album. Then I go, nah, it's way better now. And yeah. people go, so you still do it? I go, yeah, because even if I bring it up, people go, oh, I heard this on the album, I, but you ain't heard it this way. You heard it this way. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that, like, that's the one thing that people don't understand. Like, you know, sometimes you do the show, you catch people filming you. Yeah. And I go, hey, you know, you know cut that off. And yeah. uh, I had a lady one time, she had the camera up, and I said, ma'am, cut that off, and I'll tell you why as soon as you cut that camera off. And she turned it off and I started explaining to her how comedy works and what I'm doing at this moment is working material out. And I said, the thing about it is you post that, there could be another comedian somewhere in Arizona yeah. that looks at that joke and does it verbatim at his open mic or his show in Arizona. I said, if that comedian blows up and becomes this huge success and it tells my joke on a, a show on HBO and I go, oh, that was my joke. And they go, well, who are you? Who are you? Right, and I go, and that's all your fault, lady. And everybody started busting out laughing. Everybody was like, you know, her or whatever. But I was just like, you know, live in the moment. Just hear my words and, and, and stop trying to record everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I, I, I envy someone who can write a whole hour and have it locked and loaded. I, I, I know how I am. I'm too critical on how I write to say I have a whole hour locked and loaded. I know I can have four jokes that I want to try that I know that's good. Yeah. Um, but when somebody say, oh, I got a whole hour, I go, damn, for real? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm a theme writer. Yeah, yeah. So I have like, I think 15 projects, right? Since I first started, right? Yeah, yeah. And what made me do that was because I was a repeat offender, a repeat customer at these churches. Yeah, yeah. But so once a church like you, man, they just keep bringing you back, bringing you back. So it forces you to write. Uh-huh. And so what ended up happening was, and I don't mean that they all good. I'm just saying, <laughs> you understand know what I'm saying? You got the, you got the skeleton to I be able to start. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah. And so what ended up happening was, I know how, okay, 10 topics. Yeah. I know how 10 topics, typically, that's what I'm going to go into recording with. I got 10 things I'm going to talk about. 10 things to talk about. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's, that's a weird thing to look at or how to do it. Um, I would challenge myself every January to write um, five minutes every month. Mm -hmm. You write five minutes every month. If you keep three of those, by the time you get to August, you got a whole new half hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like those type of things and, and how you can try to eliminate things. Yep. My whole goal is always to get three jokes that you do off your set in three months. Okay. Like, don't do it anymore. Like, don't do it. Leave it over to the side. Put that off to the side for your next recording or your next album. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and see if you can start working on this new bit and get yeah. this new bit built out. Ain't no better feeling in the world than a new bit that worked. Oh, who you tell? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, so like right now, every every Thanksgiving, the Houston comics come together, and we do a thing called the Jive Turkeys. I've seen an advertisement for that. Oh, that? Yeah. Okay. It's mm -hmm. going on like 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. We do it the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So that's when all of us home, you know, cast us all, nephew, Tommy, everybody, Billy Surre, all we all come together. I'm the host, right? Uh -huh. Everybody do like 15 minutes on stage. And this year we're taking it to Dallas. We're going to do, do it in Dallas on Tuesday night. But anyway, uh -huh. 
So I always tell them, I got the hard job. This is what I tell them. I got the hard job. People think hosting is the easy job. Not necessarily, nope. If you just told me Marcus go up there and do 15 minutes after whoever, no problem. I got the hard job because I'm first on stage. Yeah. Right? And I got to sit this tall, right? Yep. I got to get this thing right. And then yep. I got to keep the show rolling. Yep. You know, the beautiful part, nobody ever bombs. So we, we just go. But I still got to make sure time-wise, because we already went, we already sold out the first show. But my point is, so, but every year I come with a fresh 10 minutes. Yes, sir. And then I always do a music bit. Yeah. Because that's how I navigate my night. Yeah. That's how I get them involved because, you know, it's an urban room. I mean, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Urban, yeah. Right? Yeah. So this year, oh my goodness. So my, my 10 minutes is the things that have, the things that I use to get through the pandemic. Yeah. Now, I haven't yeah. done these jokes yet, but I'm just trying to show you this is how to write that. I haven't done these jokes. So I'm using these things that have got me through the pandemic. You know, Netflix. Right. Cash App. Right. <laughs> Uh, the grocery store <laughs> versus <laughs> yo, you you talk about all this thing. <laughs> you might as well you might as well be DJ Skills doing the, the wind up because you talk about everything that everybody do. That's good. That's good stuff right, right there, bro. So I got my jokes to each one. Right, right. And I'm ending with versus. Right. Because now here's the thing because I'm I'm introing this music bit I'm getting ready to do. Yeah. How. Uh, I can go and see it because it's you no know, matter how yeah. I was missing one artist on Versus, right? Which uh -huh. was Robert Sylvester Kelly. Oh my God. Yes, sir. Watch this. Now, it's a little risky because people have canceled R. Right. Not me, but people. <laughs> people. <laughs> you know, so. I'm getting ready to play his stuff on against the, all the versus battles. Oh my God. So, so Teddy Riley and Babyface, I'm finna play a quick maybe 10 seconds of three or four R songs. Knock I'm saying them one out, right. He would have worn every one of them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Gospel, gospel and everything, right? Oh, but yeah. it's ridiculous. That's funny, man. That is that's hilarious. I mean, I think the only person that probably would have been able to go against R would have been Prince of Michael Jackson. People don't realize how good R. Kelly was. Like, it was like, yo, this dude was putting out. And I'm talking about that 12 play album alone. One, <laughs> two, or three. Was, <laughs> now that I've been doing my research, because yeah. I'm already a fan. Uh huh. But now, because I'm doing this bit, I have, I've been doing my research. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's no competition. Yeah. There's no competition from the standpoint of being the talent, yeah, the producer, yeah, the writer, yeah, the arranger, the performer. Yeah. There's no competition. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Because he's not, and, and no shade, but he's not like Chris Brown, where here I'm bringing you a song and you sing it. Because Chris Brown kills everything he do to me, right? Yeah. He, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He didn't put it together. Right. He ain't arranging or nothing. Yeah. He ain't arranging. R. Yeah. R. Doing all yeah. 
he doing all of it. Yes. Um, I saw the I saw the job Turkish thing. And um Billy with Billy was supposed to actually record my podcast too, but our schedules got messed up. Okay. Uh, Billy's a frat brother of mine. I never met him in person, never worked with him either, but just right. through the event of the podcast. And I've been blessed, man. Um, brothers have hopped onto this podcast not knowing me and just been like, yo, man, yeah, uh, I'll rock with you, I'll do it with you, you know what I'm saying? Just off of they yeah. see the advertisement or they see who I have on as guests. So like you another one. So I appreciate you actually taking the time to jump on and, and uh and do the podcast. Oh no, um, I appreciate you reaching out. You know, I mean, this is where we at. So yeah, I know absolutely absolutely, man. So I, I I'm actually want to see the footage of the job turkey. So that comes out uh that's the Tuesday yeah, before Thanksgiving. So next week. November 25th. Okay, okay. I yeah, got you. Fourth in Dallas, 25th in Houston, but but yeah, I'm, they gonna record everybody had their phones out. So and that's why. Material like that, I typically, it's just for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I won't, not say I'll never bring it back up because if it's if it fits somewhere, I'll do it. But I just, I just put that, that's just for this particular show. Yeah, I do, uh, I do a birthday bash every July. I usually bring in uh, three headliners. Okay. Cut everybody time down. Yeah. Tell them to go out there and kill it. Just be like, don't give them a chance to breathe. That's why I cut your time down. Go ahead and now we kill out. And then I'll do, I'll bring a, a local headliner on first to do 15 minutes. Okay. I'll come out and introduce everybody, bring the first one on. Then I'll do a brand new 20. Gotcha. And then I'll bring 15 and 15 for the last two. Okay. And okay. then uh, the comedians, like, they'll come and do it. They'll be like, man, they're like, yo, why are you only 15? I said, dude, kill them. Yeah. Like, don't even, I'm not trying, just kill them. It's a, it's a long time. It is, and especially for a headliner. For a headliner, that's them cramming in or just putting okay. their best stuff out there. You know what I mean? So yeah. If I, if I get some, do fifteen minutes, but I'm saying it's a long time. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard for me to do fifteen minutes. Oh, it is for me too. I mean, I I know I remember <laughs> I remember going all the way to New York with seven minutes. So I was like, man, seven minutes. I said, like, y'all can't give me no more than that. They like, ah, man, we got a tight schedule. I'm like, man, whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things. I remember when I did my first um. Uh, TV appearance. Okay. And um, they were like, so it's like eight minutes. I was like, all right, cool. And they was like, you going first. I was like, I'm going first. They was like, yeah. I was like, I feel bad for everybody's taping tonight. <laughs> they was like, why? I said, because this is my first time on TV. They was like, yeah. I said, yeah, so I got all closers. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> I'm starting with a closer and I'm ending with a closer. I was like, it's all closers. These are all my closers over the last 15 years. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody was like, man, you wildin' and I got on a standing ovation. <laughs> just like one of those things. So what I like to do on the uh, Bliss is Ignorant podcast, okay. uh, if you ever watch the uh, Actors Guild studio with uh, James Lipton, okay. he does a thing where he asks these questions, fire off these questions, and you got to hit, uh, hit me with the answer that you have in place. And I remixed it a little bit. Right. Uh, what's your favorite word? Yes. Yes, that's so that's that'll work for everybody. <laughs> uh, what's your least favorite word? I don't know. I don't know. That's three words. It's a phrase. Yeah, I guess you. I got you. Today's time saying I don't know. You like Google it, research. Google it. I mean, you can find out today. I uh I'm talking to my daughters about that just this past uh weekend. Yeah. About uh having the knowledge and one of my daughters asking rhetorical questions. I was on them real early. I got twin girls. Okay. I was on them real early in age about asking rhetorical questions. When they got to the point where they could ask questions or talk, yeah, 
I, I told him what that rhetorical question was. Like, mama, if you're asking a question that you know the answer to, I'm not answering that. Right. Like, I'm going to stare at you and we're going to look uncomfortable at each other until you figure out I asked a rhetorical question. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So her sister feels that way now. Okay. So, so one of my twins. daughter. Huh? You have twins. Yeah, I was twin. Yeah, I had twins. Yeah. And my, my one of my daughters said to my, all you had to do was answer the question. <laughs> and my other daughter goes, no, nah, it was rhetorical. It's no, I'm not wasting my time answering that question. If you don't know it, if you think you don't know it, Google it. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. And so it was like, it's yeah. like, and their mother was like, no, 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 no. That's not how I want them treating one another. And I'm like, listen, explain something to you. One thing I will say, and I'm divorced, but one thing I will say is and me and my ex-wife get along great. Um, I don't want to raise my daughters to be aggravating to any man they end up with. <laughs> so I'm cutting out all the bull early. Like, yo, don't, don't do the rhetorical thing. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. yo, ask what you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> So where were you last night? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't don't give me don't give me the so so what time did you get in? Like don't 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 do the whole just ask the question you want to know. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I uh I got a phrase that I use on stage is is you see it behind me, it's TTBS and TTBS stands for uh that's that bullshit. So anything and everything you absolutely no control over your life is TTBS. Okay. Um uh, in your mind, what is TTBS to you? I guess people who, you know what, this is what TTBS is to me. Like, I don't like, and may, hopefully I'm answering your question, mm -hmm. but this is what we get a lot of today. People say something to me like, hey, you do you uh, know Jay Bliss? Yeah. He funny. Is he funny to you? He all right. Why you hating? <laughs> you asked me first i wouldn't even think about jay blitz like you asked me my opinion right and I, because i didn't answer it the way you felt it should have been answered i'm hating that absolutely absolutely and, 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 and we do this a lot like uh, mm -hmm. i'm minding my own business and people just ask me something like hey what you think about this comic or this singer or this person and i might say oh Oh yeah, they cool, but I mean, ain't really my cup of tea. Why you yeah. hating? Why you hating? I wasn't even yeah. thinking about them. You, you, yeah. You brought it. Like, I, I just it's, answered. It's funny that word hate has become, you know, the answer for somebody that just has a difference of opinion. Difference and of you know, opinion. one thing I've always said was, you know, we can agree to disagree. You Ooh. know, my whole thing is, is like, I don't, I don't really, you know, tell people, you know, they hating because I don't like a certain thing. You know, what I mean, I tell people all the time, like, look, man, um. I didn't, I didn't read the script. I don't know what argument you had in your head or what was I supposed to answer. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get the lines. Yeah. I answered the way I thought I was supposed to answer, but apparently I went off script. So <laughs> give me the lines and then tell me how I'm supposed to answer next time. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, you, you asked me something. I give you my honest answer and you turn it on me. I'm hating. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. People come to me Somebody asked you, you don't know Marcus D. Wiley? They be like, no, I don't know him. And they be like, oh, uh, sorry, I don't know you. What is you sorry for? Right. I don't know you either. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I ain't around here like, oh, you don't know me. Like, <laughs> I just got hip to this young lady. Her name is Jade Nova. 
Yeah. A singer, right? I just uh-huh. got hip to her. Right. Maybe a week ago. Right. I love her, right? Right. But I just found her a week ago. She's been doing her thing. Right. And I'm, it's like, yo, come on, bro. I'm not hating because I didn't know. I didn't know her. Like, but now I know her. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, like people I'm coming ask me all the time, who's your favorite comedian? And I say, I'm going to name three people that you never heard of before. Yeah, you know what I mean, and this is like they're like they're like I never heard of. like exactly you never heard of them you know what I mean, yeah. but they are hilarious and check them out when you get a chance you know what I mean, right. um because I'm like I'm not gonna let the media tell me who's funny like I'm gonna tell you straight up you know and people get mad at me because like they'll say a comedian is funny to them and I go nah they're not like um I can do what they do and yeah. I've seen way better you know what I mean yeah. and you know people people like oh you hating like nah I just know comedy like yeah. and, and I think you know, it's different palette. People it's, have it's a different path. Subjective, subjective. And and how how do we watch comedy? Like you and I will go into a room, we stand right. in the back, we right. watch and go, wow, wow. that <laughs> was nice. Yeah. And we don't even laugh. We just go, that was <laughs> nice. <laughs> right, exactly. So those are those are the things that we we uh do. That's a couple of names, I guess, uh that I guess you you've run circles with is uh Mike Goodwin. My good one, yeah. Both my good one, my frat brother. Yeah, we uh, we he's in Colombia, so I talked to him quite a bit. Uh, Akatunde, uh, 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 yeah. and I, I always tell Akatunde, Akatunde had a little bit to do with me getting interested in comedy. I saw Akatunde before he started doing churches, okay, back at the Laugh House in Philly back in the day. Back in the day, I told him the one joke that I always remember was him on that horse. Oh, yeah, that point, not the slave owner, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, I was in tears that night, man. I was like, I day. I said, man, that was so funny, man. So like, don't, yeah. yeah. So the, the opposite of the last question was uh, TTBS, but what is the shit to you? Like what, what just makes it like everything work for you? Man, I can tell I, I've gotten older now because my family. Yeah. Once upon a time, I kind of took it for granted a little bit. Yeah. Oh, um, but now, man, I I work so they could be straight. Yeah. You know, um, once upon a time, my wife was, I felt like no help to me. Mm-hmm. And now she is everything to me. I mean, you know, it's, it's just crazy yeah. how things to flip to, around. Wow, you know, yeah. it's like I don't I can't function now. When I call her first, you know, to find out find out how to do something or what is this, what is that? And you know, and, and my son, you know, he A he just turned 13 Thursday. He played AU ball. He he pretty good. I yeah. it from his dad. But um, Yeah, yeah. He pretty good. And I got a little two year old, this little girl now, she didn't change our world. Yeah. So I mean fat man families, what's up? I mean, if they straight, I'm good. Yeah. So my, my twins just turned 13 on a uh, Sunday. Okay. And uh they both play basketball. Okay. Uh one is one is like real good. And the other one, she's just an athlete, so she play a whole bunch of stuff. But she's dedicated herself to basketball. But uh the AAU thing was funny because I remember my daughter, she was in fifth grade, and mm-hmm. we just wanted to get some, we just wanted to get in the gym. And, yeah. and my ex-wife had met this coach and he was had this eighth grade team. Mm-hmm. She's like, Can my daughter just come practice with them? What's your AAU team? He's like, yeah, she can come. She can do drills and stuff with him or whatever. Mm. Man, my daughter was there for about three weeks. 
coach was like, man, she can get on the team. <laughs> he was like, man, they eighth graders, man. My daughter ain't going to play on that AAU team. You know what I'm saying? He's like, look, we got a spot. You ain't got to worry about the feet. We, we need her this weekend at Winston. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm tripping, right? I'm like, yo, yeah, y'all. So I go to the practice, and yeah. my daughter is out there like, do she first? She didn't want to do it. She's like, "Mom, that this this too much." Like, you know, these girls are bigger than me, and they faster. And da, 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 da. I said, "Mama's gonna make you better." You know what I mean? Yeah. And man, when I tell you, I was but one of the proudest parents out there, man. And and they, she was coming off the bench, so she wasn't used to coming off the bench. Right, right. To get off the bench, she go in there and get a steal off the first play. I was like, "Look, look at this, look at mama." You know what I mean? She, she, <laughs> She go down there and get the layup, get the foul, and the point, and the, and, the, and I'm like, look at her. And uh, one of the parents was like, man, y'all, oh, man, yo, like, what, what uh, middle school she go to? I was like, man, she in fifth. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, you know, I'm standing out there like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah no, yeah, and, I, and that's, that's her sister right there, but you know, she don't want to play right now, you know. <laughs> and and right before the uh, right before the pandemic. Uh, they was going to do spring ball. They was going to do rec spring ball. Well, one of my daughters was going to do rec spring ball, but they didn't have a girls team. Okay. So I was like, yo, play with the boys. If you play with the boys, you'll get better. You know what I mean? And then you'll have one, one, one season to play with the boys. So she didn't want to do it, but she went to the tryout. She go to the tryout. It's 150 boys there. She's the only girl. I thought it was another girl playing, but I was like, mama, I thought it was another girl playing. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, I don't want to do it. I said, mama, just do the trial. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? She was the only one that did the whole drill and, and made both shots. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, man, you know, she yeah. go through the little cone drill and the ball went off her foot. And when it went off her foot, she went and chased it down, threw it to the coach, coach threw it back to her, and she just popped his shot, and it went through all net. And the whole gym was like, ooh, like that, you know? <laughs> and they're like, ooh. She was about to cry. She's like, the ball went over my foot. I was like, mama, look at all the rest. I said, this little boy just fell through the cone. <laughs> like, yo, you better than them. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> you better than, <laughs> better than them. You better than them. You know what I mean? So that's always good, man. Um, real quick, uh, if if no one knew who you were, and I had to introduce you to the world, what's your walk on music? Ooh, bless! I changed so much. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I'm for this now, you know, yeah. I really, I really should have been a DJ. Oh, listen, uh, it, it's still you got you got time. <laughs> <laughs> you got time, brother. I should have bought me some DJ equipment to this podcast. I thought of I thought about it, <laughs> but uh, I would say um, I I like coming out to um, diamond in the back, sun rooftop, yeah, digging the scene with the gangster lane, yeah, no doubt. Okay, oh uh, yeah, because I I use you know I don't be upbeat like. Every now and then I go upbeat. Right. I like to come out there playing something that I'm getting ready to segue into. Right. Right. I might do a music soul child, you know. Right. Uh, what's that song? Teach me how to love. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, you can go out. Go out smooth. Smooth out. Yeah. <laughs> then I walk out there and I be. I be. I was on the true definition of man. You know what? The never. I'm, I'm, I'm living it, and I get, it, I cut it off, and I just go right into it. So, right. It was, I met this girl. That's you know, and I just because that's what I done learned how to. And go, go right into it. Yeah. Right into, hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Out now? Just cut it out and just go right into something. You know. So I mix it up so much. That's a, that's amazing, man. I um, 
when I when I think about that and I think about how how to set your mark or make your mark different than everybody else. Yeah. You know, like when I work with Ali and I seen him come out and he just sat down and I go, oh yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm going like, I'm, I'm scratching my head because I ain't seen nobody do it since Bill Cosby. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So yeah. when he did it, the first time I worked with him and he just sitting there rubbing his head. Yeah. Hey. And, and the crowd go completely silent and I go, Damn, why ain't thinking? You know, it's like that's so genius because it's an indicator to let you know you got complete control of the room without saying one word. I saying one word, and I and I go, you know, if if so many young comedians realize patience and silence is your friend on stage, it's beautiful. You 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 would be way further, and I and I get comfortable like even when I jumped on stage this Friday. My mind was a million and one different directions. Yeah. I couldn't remember my material. Yeah. <laughs> when I got up there, yeah. I was like, y'all, I'm supposed to be the funniest one up here because I'm last. <laughs> I said, but we'll figure that out in the next five minutes. You know, and like they just, yeah. they, yeah. they, 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 you know, they start, you know, get into a little couple crowd work jokes, try to get my rhythm in. But I was like, I ain't in no rush. We ain't got nothing but time. Yeah, number ten. And my tag time, my tagline for the rest of that night was, "Y'all in the parking lot, y'all. Which y'all, y'all not gonna judge me, you know what I mean? Like, y'all in the parking lot right now. Parking lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm chilling, man. I take my time, you know. I mm-hmm. think once you get comfortable with who you are, you already know what you bring. Yeah. You already know your value, your worth. Right. And I'm just sharing it with, you know, who want to receive it. You Absolutely. Know? I ain't forcing on you. It's some people think I'm corny. It's some people think I'm not funny, and that's fine. I mean, like I don't get mad. I don't get mad. Nah, right. You know it's just yeah. It's your like, it's, their, it's their palate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was no, I was I was going I was going to go into the whole part of you can't get everybody. It's not possible to get everybody. But the people that ride with you. Oh yeah. They'll kill somebody over you, and, and 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 you learn that through comment the comment section of social media. Let somebody get on one of your clips and say, "I don't, I don't think he's funny." You yeah. ain't got to respond. They'll do it for you. You like it? Do it for you. You just you just sit in the background and go, mm, "This is gonna be good." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what's your walk off music? My walk off music. Yeah. You done, uh-huh. retired, you done retired from the game. You done did your last show. That's it for Marcus D. Wiley. What's your walk-off music? My walk-off music is probably going to be, I could take the easy route and say I did it my way, but that ain't <laughs> My walk-off music going to be from Robert Sylvester. <laughs> TP2 album. There you go. There can only be one me. <laughs> he, went, he went right on back to it, man. Listen, man. Like, look, everybody, can, I ain't canceling. You ain't canceling them in your book, so you good. Yeah, I feel you, bro. I just don't believe, like, don't get me wrong, most geniuses, mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing and what I've been seeing, they got a lot of shortcomings, man. They got some problems, yeah. They got probably some major ones, you know. I mean, just like uh, with, with Bill Cosby. I'm sorry, I can't cancel him. I, uh-huh. 
the Cosby Show and Different World is the reason why I even want to go to college. Um, let me let me touch on that for for a second, man. Um, so you you went to all black schools, which is dope. Uh, I, I'm a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University, so I went to an HBC as well. I do a show called HBCU Stories on Tuesday nights. Okay, it's been a blessing, bro. Like it's yeah. been it's been huge just hearing. Oh yeah, everything. Yeah. A line that I heard this weekend that I'm going to preach to my daughters: mm-hmm. Go where you are appreciated, appreciated. and not tolerated. Not tolerated. You understand what I'm saying? And that is like, that is huge. And different world and school days oh, definitely man. had a part in me picking an HBCU. Man, come on, man. I just, I mean, watch this here. And Heathcliff Huxtable, <laughs> he was like the dad that we all wanted. Now, don't get me wrong. Right. I, I had a dad in the house. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't Heathcliff Huxtable. I don't get wrong, and I don't want him to be. He wasn't my listening. Dad, dad. <laughs> right, right. He was cool, dude. Yeah. But, but you looked at Heathcliff Huxtable, you were like, come on, man. Yeah, come yeah. On. It was it was beyond smooth, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was beyond smooth. And, um, you know, my dad wasn't around, yeah. but uh, my dad not being around when he had the opportunity to be made me the, the dad I am today. For sure. And uh, my kids can't ever say I wasn't around. Yeah, no they get to the point now where they be like, "Dad, you gotta be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be around. Like, <laughs> what time we leave it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> um, if there was anything else that you could do uh, in life other than comedy, uh, what do you think you would be doing? I think if I could do something else. Probably sports commentating. Yeah. I feel good with the sports game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go on first take and undisputed so bad and battle these guys because I think sometimes they forget. I think they I think they tend to forget. And uh uh but yeah, them that and also I, I think I would do good with home decor. Okay. So you do like decorating and stuff like that. Yeah. In the ribs, yeah, all that cool. Type of- all right, give me your teams, man. What's your teams? What teams you follow? Well, I'm H-Town. Uh, sorry. We, I was no, no, no. yesterday. I went okay. to go watch the Texas play the worst game ever. Uh, lost to the Browns 10-7 yesterday. But yeah. all things Houston. My dad told me a long time ago, I was a Lakers fan. Okay. And the Lakers was playing Houston. And I'm in the house cheering for Magic because that was my favorite player. And my dad said, hey, hey, hold up. Um, <laughs> if you live here... Um, we root for Houston. <laughs> he said a poor dog got sense enough to wag his own tail. <laughs> it's nice for you to, to like magic and the legs. That's all good. Right. But you should never want anybody to beat your home. You live here. Yeah. I don't know, man. That just kind of stuck with me, man. And so I'm Texas. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, the Texans, Houston, Texas, Houston Rockets, Houston Astros. That's dope, man. Listen, I, I listen. I got more respect for, I'm from South Jersey. Yeah. Um, and anybody that's from Jersey knows, so South Jersey and North Jersey split in half. Mm-hmm. And if you're in South Jersey, you're closer to Philly. If you're in North Jersey, you're closer to New York. So all my teams is Philadelphia teams, everything. Yeah, you know, football, basketball, hockey, everything yeah. is Philadelphia. 
Only thing that I'd sway on is college football, college basketball. College basketball is North Carolina Tar Heels. College football is Miami Hurricanes. But everything is Philly-based. Yeah. And one thing we can't stand, if anything, is somebody that's from that area that root for the Dallas Cowboys. And we go, like, like that's the one thing we go, what's wrong with you? You know, like, that is the one thing that's unforgivable. Yeah. Um, and we, that's why we, that's why we hate them so much. Like we hate, we hate the Dallas fans so much. It's just because yeah. of that reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, but I, I, got a, I got a cousin though, who, who roots for the, uh, the Titans because she used to be a Houston Oilers fan. Like she used to be a Houston Oilers fan. And I'm pretty sure there's still a lot of people in Houston that root for the Titans still. We did. I mean, you probably still have some people there. We did until we got the Texans. Texans, you know- right. All is left, and then the Texans came maybe about six years later, or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, like, I, I, I respect anybody that stick with their squad because it make it that much better when that championship come. Please come. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about football for y'all, but it might come somewhere else. <laughs> But I live to see. I watched the Astros win one. Yeah. Rockets win two. I was in yeah. Dallas, Rockets won eight two. Yeah. I just need a Super Bowl so we could just start to complete my life. So, and, and that and that was it for me. So you know, I got it two years, uh, three years ago. Oh, and my kids was ten years old. They got a chance to see it. Uh, I had one of my daughters wanting to be a Panthers fan the year before. She's like, Daddy, I kind of like Cam Newton. I said, Look, Mama. I said, You can <laughs> listen. You can root for any team you want to root for. I was like, but you can't root for both. <laughs> and you either you either pick you you you're either going with the Panthers or you're going with the Eagles. I said, but if you go with the Panthers, I don't want you hearing. I don't want to hear you singing the Eagles fight song. I don't want to hear E A G L E S Eagles like none of that. You can't do none of that. I said, all your jerseys go to your sister. Your sister get your jersey. You, I get you some Panthers jersey. She thought about it for about one day. She's like, I'm just gonna stick with the Eagles. I was like, all right, you know what I mean? Better <laughs> with the Eagles. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they get older. They go. They from. They from Charlotte. You know, they probably gonna be like, "How you an Eagles fan?" They gonna be like, "My daddy an Eagles fan." I'm like, "Hey, that's that's what it is." You know what I mean? So that's how I go down, man. Hey, man, I, man, I appreciate the time, bro. Appreciate no. you chopping it up with me, man. No doubt. And uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I can bring you back on another time, man. But uh, it's been good, man. So shout out to you, man, and I appreciate the time you spent with me today, Marcus. No doubt. I appreciate you having me. Okay. Oh, <laughs>